Hi, I'm Aaron McIsaac with Future Plan. Welcome to my podcast where we highlight team members, partners, and contributors in the retirement plan industry. This week, I'm joined by two guests from the Future Plan family, JJ McKinney and John Benton. Welcome, guys. How are you? Very good. Fantastic. How are you, Aaron? I'm doing well, too. Thanks for taking some time to join me. I'm excited to have you guys as my guests because each of you bring a different focus to how you approach your regions that we'll get into a little bit later. But let's start off uh, with the, for the listeners that don't know you. Tell us a, a little bit about where you work and what you do. And John, let's start with you. Okay, yeah. Um, so I am uh, in Atlanta. I, I cover the southeast for cash balance plans um, and uh, live in Brookhaven with my wife, Ashley, who I've been married to since 2012. And we have a angel of a daughter and a, uh, a rebellion of a son. The daughter is six years old, son is two. So, you know, we're kind of going through those uh, terrible two moments uh, right now, but um, we will get through it and hopefully he will end up uh, as good as his uh, older sister. There you go. Never a dull moment in that household, right? <laughs> That's right, especially with everybody staying at home these days. Exactly, exactly. JJ, how about how about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, thank you. I live outside of Augusta, Georgia, in a little town called Appling. Um, I am a former shareholder of Retirement Strategies, Inc. We were a November 1st, uh, 2017 acquisition. And uh, we came on board, my background being in operations and operational compliance and ERISA consulting. I, I live in Appling with my wife of 22 years. And over that 22 years, we've had nine children. Uh, and recently, very recently, added seven rabbits, uh, four dogs, one <laughs> pig, and one turtle to that mix. Uh, so there's never a dull moment. Our kids range in age from 20 down to two. And uh, two of our children have Down syndrome, so that makes life even more exciting than you can ever imagine. Oh, so JJ, you've got, you've got kind of the whole spectrum covered. You've got them um, in diapers all the way to potentially college going on. Yes. Oh, and so both of you, you know, share similar territory, a similar region, but where you guys each spend your, your time and resources, that seems to differ a little bit. I think it's a great approach how you guys have collaborated and, and worked together to, to figure out, you know, best practices in, in the Southeast. So let's maybe have each of you share a little bit more about where you're spending your time and your focus. And John, why don't we, we start with you and uh, let you tell us a little bit about the cash balance world. Yeah, very good. Um, so uh, <clears throat> recently uh, they've asked me to um, kind of uh, go out and cover the Metro Atlanta market um, alongside with JJ. And JJ and I had um, what could have been a very difficult conversation, but it turned out to be you know one of the easiest conversations that I think we've, we've both had. Uh, regarding this, but um, what we kind of decided on is that that I would be covering um, kind of the under 10 million um, 
in assets for 401k plans. JJ would be covered be kind of the large market um, consultant, cover 10 million and over. Um, there's a gray area between five and and 10. If it's a large plan audit, then uh, you know JJ would handle that. So that that's kind of the uh, the details of the, the logistical side of kind of how we're um, going about covering uh, the Metro Atlanta area uh, together. And I think that really kind of suits both of our strong suits. Uh, just if you don't mind a little bit on my on my background, um, I think I'm one of the few people in the retirement plan industry uh, that has kind of had a uh, been at every seat around the table. So out, out of college, I was a financial advisor. I did that for about a year and a half. Um, after that, I was a internal and then an external wholesaler for a, a record keeper. Um, and then, you know, I've been a TPA for a little over 10 years now, uh, most of which primarily focusing on cash balance plans. But um, and then a few years ago, had the opportunity to uh, to actually you know, run a business alongside uh, my wife, um, a business that she inherited from uh, from her father. Um, and so I, you know, been a business owner, been a financial advisor, been a record keeping wholesaler, been a you know, TPA. So. I think that um, that kind of experience you know, helps out when, when you know, talking to, to kind of really any audience. Um, and my, my uh, most recent experience with, uh, in the TPA world, I was primarily focused on the um, 5 to 10 and under, you know, similar to what, to what I am now. Um, and so just really used to helping advisors identify, you know, good candidates, for 401ks, for cash balance plans, um, you know, started with Kravitz, who is a um, you know TPA within our kind of network of TPAs that we call Future Plan. Um, joined with them in early 2019, and you know, was the cash balance specialist, uh, working with all the other Future Plan sales consultants, and um, you know, just helping them identify good cash balance candidates. You know, knowing that cash balance plans are kind of a unique solution to a particular type of candidate needs to be, I really try to keep it simple and just say that, you know, a good candidate for a cash balance plan is a business with steady revenue because it is a defined benefit plan and the contributions are a little more rigid. And somebody with a big appetite, at least one of the owners with a, you know, decent tax appetite for a tax deferral. Because uh, you know they could be having steady revenue, making a lot of money, but you know they also spend a lot of money either on you know business expansion or you know uh, personal expenditures, that sort of thing. So just helping financial advisors um, understand who a good cash balance candidate would be going around and and you know sharing the good news of cash balance plans. Um, cash balance plans are the you know fastest growing retirement plan out there. Um, with our latest statistics, cash balance plans are growing by 15%. But a part of that, one of the cool things is that here in Georgia, where we are, they're growing by 29%. So we're, Georgia is actually the fastest growing state for, for cash balance plans. So, so anyway, I say all of that to say that when, when JJ and I came, you know, uh, had that conversation and we discussed um, how best to cover the territory, how best to utilize each of our talents, um, it, it really just kind of fell fell into place nicely because as I'm sure you're going to uh, lead JJ into, he's got a lot of experience with a lot of the higher end, higher 
uh, asset um, plans and has you know really good experience and a really good talent level and skill set for that. Mm-hmm. And John, maybe I'll jump in real quick and ask you just a couple follow-up questions. I mean, I, I've known of you across the country up in Minneapolis for a number of years and the good work you're doing down in that region. So kudos to you for all your efforts. And in the cash balance space, um, what types of, of businesses are you seeing, um, you know, historically and then, you know, maybe here in, in uh, the, the year of 2020, which types of businesses are still looking at you know, setting up cash balance plans. Well, traditionally, uh, the, the the types of businesses, the types of industries are typically your uh, your medical and um, and uh, you know lawyer um, firms out there. Um, in today's world, there are you, know, you can kind of tack on some more industrial um, type of type of businesses out there, but really. I, I, I really try to keep it uh, simple with um, with advisors looking for prospects out there. It's really just somebody with steady revenue. So um, <laughs> this kind of change that we've been going through this year has produced a lot of different surprises out there. I mean, um, some people in the medical industry who are doing you know these quote unquote non-elective uh, procedures um, have really been hurt, and a lot of those types of companies have have frozen their plans and or amended their plans to reduce their benefits because they've kind of taken the uh, you know a little bit of the brunt of what's of what's happening and then you look at you know other industries like some types of uh you know unfortunately you know bankruptcy attorneys and um divorce attorneys and you know a lot of kind of um things that you don't necessarily you know want to see thrive but uh it you know their their services are uh, like I said, unfortunately, needed a lot and in this time. So, but but again, you know, just to just to uh, kind of rein it in. I mean, the the good a good candidate for a cash balance plan is somebody with steady revenue and a big appetite for a tax you know deduction, and we want them to be able to feel comfortable funding that financial commitment that they're putting in the plan document for at least three years. Um, so there there are still some companies out there that fit that profile um you know just fortunately they're a little bit harder to find in, in today's world but hopefully that'll turn around here real soon mm-hmm. yeah what John, is uh, uh, oh go ahead oh, I, I did want to make one comment because I, I do like the way he keeps it simple because uh, you can take a you know say some kind of a contractor uh we were seeing a lot of cash balance plans with construction related companies because they paid off their equipment um, and then all of a sudden they had steady cash flow coming in and their their tax burden was very heavy because they couldn't uh, get those same tax deductions that they were getting from the equipment and things like that so um, yeah you can find cash balance candidates in the unlikeliest of places uh, and, and I think the way John keeps it simple, uh, you know, steady revenue and an appetite for tax deduction can can really narrow you in on your your business. Mm-hmm. And John, I was gonna back up a second, and, and when you're, you're all these different types of businesses out there, you, you know, have different you know characters and, and different income streams, and maybe even different entity structures attached to them. The, the two questions I'd have for you are. 
cash balance works with just about ent any entity type, correct? And then the second one would be, um, you know, what what's typically the kind of the age range of those key individuals that that you're seeing? Are we talking people in their 40s, 30s? We're trying to wait at 50s, 60s. Maybe give our listeners a little color on that too. Yeah, I mean, we're yeah, cash balance plans potentially work for any entity type. I mean, the the most common that we're seeing are you know partnerships and S corps. Um, that they can still certainly work for C corps um, if they if a C corp were to have a net net operating loss, um, you know, there's some things that we would want to talk through uh, with their kind of corporate CPA uh, to, to make sure that, uh, that that we're, you know, keeping that uh, in mind as well. Um, but because the cash balance plan is a tax strategy, first and foremost, anyway, you know, it's not necessarily an investment strategy because the benefit is already written into the plan document. So it's just up to the investments to kind of follow along to meet those future benefits. But because it's a, a tax strategy first and foremost, we like to incorporate uh, the CPA as, as early as we can um, in, in the process, in the education process, because especially if there's multiple entities, you know, we have to look at, you know, are these entities control groups considered to be control groups or affiliated service groups? You know, will we have to, um, you know, aggregate the testing uh, for that purpose? Um, and then, so, yeah, so, so it, it can work for any entity type. In terms of demographics, it certainly does help to have the owners or the ones who are um, they're, they're looking to benefit from the cash balance plan. It certainly helps if they are, you know, we don't like to say older, but maybe closer to retirement than, than the average mm -hmm. of the staff. And kind of a good rule of thumb is we like to see that the, the owners be kind of roughly 10 years or so older than the average of the staff. I say that as a good rule of thumb, but you know, I've been surprised before at you know what illustrations come back with. I remember mm -hmm. um, a few years ago, we did a plan and there was a 38 year old uh, physician and we were able to, and all of his employees were either his age or older, we were able to put in a double carve out cash balance plan because uh, as it turned out, he had you know a lot of his family, including his father, um, on payroll, and so we you know did some kind of creative things and and you know were able to put a, a, something in place that made sense for him you know financially and and uh, you know, something that benefited really most everybody in the company as well. So um, we like to see the owners closer to retirement because the that you know for testing purposes we can get more into the plan. Um, in terms of a cash balance contribution, if they are um, closer to retirement and they have, you know, a lot of income to replace, you know, a lot of these uh, testing is, is calculated on, you know, income replacement at the retirement age. So if somebody is closer to retirement, they have less years to save. And if they have more income to replace, that increases the number too. So, you know, we, we like to see, but that's typically what, what we like to see, but again, if there's somebody who has steady revenue and a big appetite for a tax deferral, you know, I'm sure there's a way that we can, um, you know, take a look at a cash balance plan. If the numbers just aren't financially feasible there, um, we can, you know, take a look at some other strategies that, uh, um, that we offer too. So. Mm -hmm. Nope. All good, informative and useful stuff, John. So thanks for, for sharing um, all that with us. And, you know, JJ, let's, let's give you a little bit of a, an opportunity to talk about what you're working on upstream 
um, in in that mid and, and large market. So tell us a little bit about where you're spending your time and energy. Sure, I, I do want to uh, dip a little bit into my background and then <clears throat> kind of work forward and it, it'll eventually work itself out. But uh, just in my background, uh, I had mentioned uh, I was heavily involved in operations, operational compliance and ERISA consulting. Uh, I am an enrolled retirement plan agent, and that's uh, an IRS designation, and then also a certified pension consultant uh, from the American Society of Pension Professionals and Actuaries. So I, I humbly bring these years of technical practice and experience uh, to the sales consulting role. Uh, something else I didn't mention earlier is I started my career at a company called the 401k company, um, a, a Jerry Bramlett company, uh, who, who is our leader at Future Plan. And the focus at the 401k company was the jumbo 401k market, uh, w which was very interesting as a first career in the industry because it was different than 95 or probably 99 percent of the industry that deals primarily with the small plan market so i would go to conferences and think i had this world view of the retirement plan industry and i had this little smattering that nobody understood because when you're dealing with plans with 50,000 participants and you know billions of dollars in assets it doesn't have the same problems as the physician practice with five staff and one physician you know both both have their challenges uh, don't get me wrong but um, it, it's just a very different world uh, so you know I, I'm, I'm not you know thinking I'm going to be whale hunting out there but in the 10 million and above market, there, there are different challenges. And something that my, actually my business partner, Casey Price, who is uh, our institutional sales leader here at Future Plan, uh, something that she actually coined, uh, you know, working with uh, one of our key record keeping partners was uh, the Bundled Plus. Uh, and that, came about because for whatever reason, large plans have been sold on the bundled idea, just going straight to a, a record keeper that will handle everything. Um, uh, they, they handle the record keeping, they handle the mm -hmm. compliance, the 5500, um, you know, the whole package. What, where you lose that uh, in that bundled environment, you lose a lot of the technical expertise and flexibility and adaptability of a skilled ERISA consultant. And what we have been able to prove out uh, time and time again is that our bundled plus approach, the, the core inner workings of the, the TPA aligned seamlessly with the record keeper so that the, the, the 
pension consultant or the ERISA consulting firm understands, knows the systems that they're working with on the record keeper side. So it's a, it, it's a seamless relationship and connection so that we can truly be the hands and feet of the plan sponsor as it relates to the retirement plan. We are an extension of them, hence the bundled plus. So they aren't mm -hmm. touching things like they think they would have to in this unbundled environment. They can hand it off as if they're, you know, sending it off to one service provider, but you have the expertise, the adaptability, the flexibility of the ERISA consulting firm and the power of that that record keeper with all of their technology their their face facing participant um, bells and whistles or their participant facing bells and whistles that that's where the the bundled plus comes from then i like to go even a step further uh, because in a bundled environment if you are unhappy with one piece of that puzzle you have to get rid of the whole thing if you want to move on to a, a different service provider but you know you like that they're doing jobs a b and c but you don't like the job they're doing on d you have to replace a b c and d um, to replace d in the bundled plus environment if they don't like the way we're working we can we can be replaced um, if they don't like the way the, the record keepers working the, the record keeper can be, be replaced and they have some continuity when it moves to that other attached service provider um, you know sometimes that's that's not you, you don't think to that's going to do great in a sales presentation. Hey, if you want to fire me, just fire me. That uh, it, it said a little bit more eloquently than that. Um, however, truth always helps, and and that is the truth. Uh, there's there's a team of people working on your plan, and you want them to be able to react the way that you want them to react. And the bundle plus environment gives them that. Then layer on that future plan has the ability to have these experts, these ERISA consultants, these retirement plan consultants all over the country for that local service. And we have this strong corporate backing with a census that gives us state-of-the-art technology, um, completely encrypted and protected access uh, you marry that with what the record keeper provides and it, it is a solid wall and relationship that no plan sponsor is going to find anywhere else and that to me is a compelling story for that larger plan and maybe not the the billions of dollars because those, those really, really jumbo large plans, I, I believe they, they do get serviced well in the bundled environment um, because that is very high stakes. But, you know, you drop below even $100 billion, and mm -hmm. I, I, I think they're underserviced.
um, to be to be quite honest. And we have the ability to over-service them and massage that relationship uh, for the long term. You know, JJ, um, mm -hmm. you, you mentioned the idea of kind of every, there, there being subject matter experts in each different spot of, you know, the record keeper, the administrator, the financial advisor, and, and really being able to, you know, toggle those back and forth and get the, get the best, you know, person in that seat. Um, that story, you know, the being able to fire uh, and, and replace, um, you know, a particular component instead of the whole thing that that story works, you know, really well in the in the small market as well. I mean, a lot of times um, you have an HR director or, you know, maybe a CFO who has been tasked by the owner because the owner doesn't want to deal with it. They just say, you know, you know, get us a retirement plan in place. And, you know, all of this weight falls on them to you know put together something that that fits what the business is looking for and getting good quality uh, solutions in each slot there so um, having the ability to put the, the the best in class in each seat and each component of a retirement plan you know I'm, I'm sure it especially works for, for for the large market but it also can work for the small market too especially for that person who's been tasked to do it who's not you know, that, that's not their primary function. Um, you know, right, retirement plans right. can be a little bit scary to them and intimidating, so. Well, and you bring up a good point uh, because there's that generalist versus, versus specialist component here. And yet when you go to the, the bundled provider, it, it is a generalist environment. And this this again like you said compelling story for both the small plan and the large plan the larger plan is going to have specialty people in different departments especially hr i mean you know you get above a certain size you can't have one hr person trying to handle it all um, you, you need to get some hr specialists in there not just uh, generalists and in the small plan market you're you're almost uh, you know a lot of your potential clients are specialists in their own right and and they should recognize the benefit of working with a specialist uh, versus a generalist uh, another way to present that bundled plus environment is checks and balances you know not only do you have these different pieces of the puzzle but we're watching out for what we do and, and what everyone's doing. So if, if we see something that, you know, we think the, the advisors, you know, maybe making a, not a bad move, but, you know, maybe needs to, to change up the approach, we can tell them. If they feel like, you know, we need to communicate differently with the client because they have such a close relationship with it, they can tell us. Uh, so there's a there's a natural check and balance among that team of uh, you know bundled plus providers that again you know when it's a completely bundled environment uh, you lose some of that because they're all working under the same roof No, that was well said. I mean, we did a lot of work in that, that mid-market space with, with my former firm, Goldleaf Partners, as well. And, you know, it's impressive to see you, you know, carving out that niche, uh, you know, in that space. And, and JJ, did you work on a lot of maps 
or, or block arrangements in that space too? Yeah, so um, the, you know, our experience with, with MEPS was uh, we'd, we'd started to, to get involved with them, um, but, but didn't build, I would say, necessarily a practice out of it. Uh, by the time we had had sold our firm, but we we definitely started working with uh, some closed maps, and we're we're really in the discovery stage when the DOL's opinion letter came out in 2012. Uh, you know, for those groups out there who are operating open maps, uh, you know in sort of the Wild West format, uh, got a little sting from, from that opinion letter uh, because even though an opinion letter goes you know, straight to the one who requested it, um, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it, it was so descriptive of how pretty much every open MEP was operating at the time that mm -hmm. uh, it was almost like guidance. Um, and so you had a lot of unwinding. Uh, I, I think the new legislation is, uh, is extremely promising. And, you know, I know you'll go into this a little bit because of Goldleaf's experience with MEPs. Um, but future plan is is positioned so well for this, uh, you know, new legislation and upcoming guidance. We have hundreds of closed maps um, and we have hundreds of plans that work on exchanges, which are almost, almost like maps. They're, they're, they're single plans, uh, but they, they operate in a, in a collective, almost like a collectively bargained environment, so to speak. Um, so that, uh, you know, I am excited about that. I've had several MEP opportunities uh, during this pandemic, to be quite honest with you. They've, they've been coming out of the, the woodwork. Um, and, and I think because there are uh, some service providers out there who claim to be MEP specialists that aren't um, they, they may know their way around a MEP, but they're not truly helping their clients get, you know, get their arms around that MEP and feel comfortable with how they're being serviced. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel like Future Plan is in a great spot, uh, and, and I feel like we're going to see some growth in that MEP environment. Mm -hmm. No, you said that really well. I mean, I think if you look at the the network of firms within Future Plan, there are so many closed maps that are serviced from coast to coast today. You know, Future Plan is is I know currently providing you know services to a number of exchanges, and we're working on expanding that going into to 2021. So I'm excited to see uh, the rollout of where those pop up across the country and. Um, you know, where I spent my time the last 15 years at Goldleaf Partners, you know, we really invested a lot of time and energy into two different service lines that really complement, you know, what, what Future Plan's doing in that, that MEP and exchange space, you know, with, with the 316 fiduciary services, 
And then also, you know, what we call the, the common remitter services, where we're able to go out and work with, you know, blocks or groups of employers and able to, you know, basically be a conduit between that group of employers and the record keeper in terms of remittal of, of payroll data and contributions. So it makes it a little more efficient and, and easier for that record keeper to function in that environment, getting, you know, fewer payroll feeds into the system. So we've got a, a lot of tools in the toolbox that are going to be put to use going forward together, you know, across the, the future plan network in 2021 should be. Um, you know, pretty exciting for us and, and the advisors that we serve and um, our record keeping partners. Yeah, I, I'd like Fair to enough. add that, you know, for for those advisors in, in our Atlanta market, um, I, I mean, I, 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 I like to, to tout my experience, you know, a little, but, you know, where our advisors are going to need our help is when they're in that board meeting with with the, the plan sponsor, especially if it's a if it's the MEP plan sponsor and you've got a committee there, um, you know someone who can who can really talk them through all the the ins and outs and the intricacies and complexities of the multiple employer plan, uh, and, and as well as you know how. How, uh, how to work through um, an audit and, you know, what are the vital pieces and, you know, what are they looking for and, you know, why is it important? Uh, so, you know, even though boots on the ground out there, I'm not going to be doing the work, um, they'll have somebody who can step into those meetings with them and, and really help close that business uh, because, our our back office doing the work has so much more expertise but here on the sales front line and sales uh, we have someone who can give them that confidence mm-hmm. well said Aaron not to turn the tables too much on the host here but uh, you, sure. know, you mentioned the common remitter I, I mean that is such a you know a, a big deal um, I've I've you know been with some other TPAs who were looking to put, you know, something like that together. And, and it just, you know, when push comes to shove, that, that ends up being a lot more complicated of a solution to put together. Um, so I was wondering if you could, you know, maybe expand on that just a little bit by, by saying how long you've had the common remitter in place and what kind of services go along with that. Like, are, are you checking uh, matching contributions? Um, you know, payrolls is, you know, kind of an essential part of retirement plans. It's kind of the nexus of all, all of the information. So being able to have that kind of solution to offer to clients and even to offer to clients, you know, in the Metro Atlanta area, um, you know, as well is, is, um, you know, a, a, a big plus. So I was wondering if you might be able to just provide, you know, a couple more pieces of information on that common remitter, because I know it's, you know, hard to come by in our market. Yeah, it, I appreciate that question. It is it is something that that's kind of rare to see, you know, to, to find an administrative administration, you know, based firm that's also providing, you know, data aggregation and contribution submission. There, there, I think are a handful of, you know, reputable standalone common remitters um, that not only support, 
you know, DC plans, but, you know, also some of the employee benefit plans that are out there. But Goldleaf actually got into the common remitter space r- real early on. I, I started it with Goldleaf back in 2005, and I, I think it's something that within the, the first year or two wow. of, of me joining Goldleaf, we had launched that service, and we um, had seen a, an uptick of activity with, um, you know, some of the faith-based plans. Um, you know, where you might see a, a group or collection of um, churches, you know, whether it's regionally or nationally. And, you know, in order for record keepers to be able to provide support to that network or that group of, of organizations, um, you know, just having two, three, four, five hundred payroll feeds coming into the record keeper at, at different frequencies was, was a challenge for, you know, virtually every record keeper back then. And I, I still think that is the case today. And so being able to, you know, be that that conduit or that bridge between the record keeper and the plan sponsors, you know, in these arrangements, I, I think is huge, um, especially as we look towards 2021 and, and you know, in these uh, pooled employer plan situations with uh, some of the requirements of, of having a, a component that is common remitter-like in the arrangement, I think will will help position future plan, uh, you know, nicely and allow us to provide, you know, a lot of value to advisors and their clients going forward. Um, you know, some of the things that we we end up doing is really just a facilitator of the data and the money in those in that arrangement as a common remitter. But if you pair that or marry that with uh, 316 services. The 316 services are, you know, absolutely much more comprehensive where we are now rolling up our sleeves and taking a look at contribution activity on a per pay period basis and, you know, looking for those different trends and, um, you know, items that that a lot of plan sponsors, payroll providers tend to trip up on. So we're going to identify things like, um, you know, participants have matching contributions, but no employee deferral. Um, you know, we're able to reconcile the, the contribution, the, the deferral rates and the matching rates relative to, you know, what was elected by the plan participant. So we've got a lot of skin in the game in, in terms of, um, you know, providing, you know, that, that data integrity component for, uh, you know, financial advisors and their clients to help keep things clean and smooth and, and really make that, that whole experience for the plan sponsor and its participants, um, you know, better. And if you think about when you get to the close of the year, if you're able to identify, you know, items on the fly and remedy them as opposed to allowing them to build up and compound, you're, you're able to just reduce the amount of stress on that plan sponsor as, as well as the, the morale of that plan participant that might be impacted by it. So I think marrying both common remitter and 316 together, especially in this MEP environment, is, is going to be um, you know, something really advantageous for all that, that we work with and serve. Yeah, and you, you bring Absolutely. up a good point because uh, um, retirement strategies, my former you know, firm was also, uh, we were also a record keeper. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, that common remitter that, you know, what we called payroll integration was, uh, was a way to enhance the relationship because you're, you're no longer um engaging your client you know once or twice a year you're engaging your client every pay period that could be 52 times a year that could be 26 times a year uh, that you are you know sending gathering information from them 
you know, helping them get it up to the the, the site uh, where we're going to upload their contributions, sending them confirmations and, and other reports. Uh, so it, it's a way that you just solidify that that relationship with the client and and you build a a, a trusted relationship as a trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's just so few companies out there that are providing these services, but you know, individually, let alone as a package. You know, I, I think it puts all of us and our our consultants in a good spot. You know, re- regardless of plan size, going going forward to to be able to provide these solutions to you know advisors, record keepers, and and their clients going forward. So it's it's um, you know twenty one twenty one should be should be real fun for all of us. So let's maybe Absolutely. switch gears a little bit. Let's let's get to know you guys off the field. Enough shop talk here for a while. Uh, you know, JJ, why don't we we start with you? I know you've got an, almost enough for a couple basketball teams, you know, there in your house. But what um, what keeps you entertained outside the office? Oh my lord, so much to keep <laughs> me entertained. Um, well, you know, my my kids have gotten me involved in things as an adult that I never did as a child. Uh, I was I was a soccer player, loved soccer, was addicted to it. Um, but when you have this many kids, it's it's hard to imagine traveling around with them playing on you know several different teams. Uh, so we we tried you know to find things that our children would like that they could essentially do together. So um, I, I learned how to dance ballet uh, you know, very early on when my oldest two were dancing ballet and now um, have moved on to learn Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, which is not necessarily a uh, welcome activity during social distancing. Um, been, I, I'm jiu-jitsu, trying ballet, to learn to same s- thing, right? Yeah, trying to learn to sing. Uh, I like to strum the guitar. I love anything outdoors, running. You know, we live uh, on some land uh, on the lake, and we have a lot of trails uh, out behind our house uh, for running. And, you know, we can take our stand-up paddle boards and kayaks and throw them in the water and, and go anytime. Uh, so we just... We just really entertain entertain ourselves with the outdoors, uh, and and try to spend as much time outside as possible. Especially since my uh, office at home is in, in my closet, so you know I don't have any windows in here. <laughs> oh, it's, <laughs> it's been fun getting to know you, JJ, and your your diverse you know background and and in uh, interest. There's always always something new. It seems like so. It's been been fun to, to kind of get to know and, and see that. And um, and John, I know you and I share some similar passions down down south. So tell me a little bit about what's um, what's entertaining you off the field. Well, I mean, the the vast majority of the time is spent, uh, you know, trying to keep up with with my kids, especially my daughter. She's you know at the age where she's just wanting me to, you know, basically do everything she's doing and and you know learning <laughs> different songs and dances and that sort of thing and 
um, you know, we, we've got, you know, a little backyard back here and we, we like to, uh, you know, exercise and, and, and play out here and, and do that sort of thing. But uh, in the uh, small chances that I get to, you know, do things out, outside of the house, um, I do enjoy trying to get out and, and you know, attempt to play golf. Um, I, I picked up a club and uh, eight years ago, um, you know, right before my, my wedding actually, and um, caught the, the golf bug and have been kind of playing ever since. And uh, now I'm, you know, to the point where, you know, I'm not, you know, losing, uh, you know, dozens and dozens of golf balls, uh, you know, each round, which is good, makes it more, a little bit more enjoyable. But uh, my, my other passion is, you know, you have to be careful uh, you know, to whom you talk to this uh, kind of subject about, but especially in the SEC. But I, I do um, follow uh, UGA football. It was my alma mater. Went to uh, UGA from '99 to '04, and um, you know, follow follow their sports, mainly football, but uh, follow their sports pretty closely. Um, you know, looking forward to hopefully. You know, getting a, a nice full college football season going. I think that's uh, something that a lot of people are looking forward to. Uh, but yeah, that, that's uh, I get a little little passionate about it. I feel like I'm I'm a uh, a good person to watch a game with because uh, I don't get too down, um, don't get too angry, but uh, the passion is is still there uh, nonetheless. I can remember the first time I I watched a college football game with uh, my daughter who was. You know, probably one or two at the time, and I guess she had never seen me yell, and so we had to kind of take her upstairs <laughs> while I was watching watching the game. But you know, since then I've tried to dial it back a little bit. But uh, but yeah, following following uh, you know Georgia football, playing golf, playing with the kids. I mean, that that's pretty much ninety nine point nine percent of my life right there. So for better or for worse. Oh, all all good stuff. All good stuff. Um, this has been great, guys. I want to. You know, thank you both for, for spending some time with us. And is there anything else each of you would like to, to share with our listeners before we sign off? I'll, I'll start with you, JJ. Um, I, you know, I don't really know how, how easily this weaves in, but uh, I, I am a Roman Catholic and I'm currently in formation to be uh, an ordained deacon in the Diocese of Savannah, Georgia. Um, I'm about three years into a five-year program, so I got that going for me. Uh, so I, I guess you know one of the things I do is, is study. Uh, that, that is also one of my my, my fun things. Um, but uh, it, one thing I want to share is that uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, working in the uh, Atlanta market. Uh, with John, I mean, we we worked together very well when he was uh, focused on the cash balance side of the business, and I think this is going to be even better. Uh, the advisors and the wholesalers in the Atlanta market are going to to have you know double the the support and resource in, in the two of us, uh, and and we're just. We're just going to enjoy it and, and have some fun with it. Mm -hmm. Well, John, I'll turn it over to you for any last thoughts, too. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 uh, anybody who's made it through this <laughs> this uh, this amount of minutes in, in the podcast can can really tell that, um, you know, I think that, you know, 
JJ and I have uh, different backgrounds, different, um, you know, potentially definitely uh, areas of expertise, but kind of the same passion for, for retirement plans. I feel like, um, you know, future plan um, and that whole kind of network or collection of TPAs across the country, you know, we have a subject matter expert or a TPA firm that specializes in really any type of plan, whether it's a tribal plan or prevailing wage plan or, you know, with, uh, you know, Kravitz cash balance plans and so forth. So um, there's a lot of tools and resources. JJ and I are, are you know, very excited about kind of launching this and, and kind of getting the communications going with, you know, advisors and wholesalers and, and you know, really anybody else, CPAs and so forth. Um, but there's a lot of tools and resources available. And I just want to take uh, the time here to, to thank you for inviting us um, on this podcast. I mean, I've had a, a great time um, and I, I thought it was great. Thanks for sharing, you know, your, your information with what you guys are doing over at the, kind of the Legacy Gold Leaf um, over there and how that might be able to help some of our you know, Metro Atlanta advisors too, but uh, really appreciate you thinking of us and, and allowing us to kind of share a little bit about us and, and, you know, how we can help people a little bit about our background and so forth. But uh, uh, we've had a great time and we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. I, I, I think all of our, our listeners can kind of see future plan is, has got a lot of resources and a lot of value that we all bring to the table. And it's, it's, been a, a whole lot of fun as one of the the newer kids on the block you know i have future plan it's just been really fun getting to know everybody and collaborate with you guys so thanks again for taking time to join me and all that both of you do for future plan and then thanks to all of our listeners for spending some extended time with us this week uh everybody stay safe and be well